You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Christopher Lambert yeah, in would. every movie we've ever talked about. What if what if uh, Christopher Lambert were Batman? That's my recast. I'm Batman. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> I'm <the> Ramirez. <laughs> he's not the hero that we deserve, <laughs> but he's the hero we need right now. He's the one. You cannot die, except for if your head is cut from your body. Then you can die. <laughs> Thanks. So I guess... Like Sean Connery. Like I really feel like they should have figured out a different way that like that you could kill immortals because instead of decapitation, be- beheading pretty common. It's kind of gruesome through like all the the ages that they lived through. Beheading was pretty common. Oh, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> instead of like uh, slashing his Achilles heel, well, like, yeah, that would have like, been his weakness. So, so we're supposed to believe that they're immortal because all through time, like they have never like they've been killed a bunch of times, but never the head, never the head. Mm-hmm. And and I'm saying like throughout history. Beheading was pretty fucking common. You had a better than 50% chance of being beheaded. Yeah. Just by some accidents. Right? And you're Christopher Lambert. You're the French Scotsman. <laughs> and the French created a little thing called the guillotine. Yeah, that's right. And the trebuchet. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's my and favorite the, font. And the escargot. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. uh, and the wee oui, wee. Oui. Mm. So what did you do this weekend? <laughs> if I could do... I'll do mine as uh, Sean Connery. Real so it's the, the whole podcast yes. as the cast of Highlander. It's the editing bay. On I'm... the Next Wave Radio Network, <laughs> my name is McLeod. Mine is uh, <laughs> Bond. <laughs> you Spanish peacock. <laughs> Mine's Villalobos Ramirez. No. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. There you go. This is where we come to talk about movies. I can't do it. This is where we come to talk about film. I get, I get uh, five words into a Connery yeah. impersonation. It's all right. It's you did really it. good. That sounded good. Man. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Appreciate that. I am not the master of impersonators like you. <laughs> yes, Jill, that's me. I'm a, 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 a master of unlocking. A virtual rich little. <laughs> give me, give me someone, anybody. Um, uh, um, uh, Frank Caliendo as John Madden. <laughs> wow. I'm Frank Caliendo. It's like he's here in the room. <laughs> Boom. That was very good. Tough acting, ten acting. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's my Frank Caliendo. <laughs> Holy shit. So, uh, yeah. man, the, it is growing closer and closer Uh-oh. to the uh, end of the world. The li- no, the little boy. Our oh, little boy yes. is it, on Literally, his literally growing. Yeah, dude. Closer. It's, uh, it's becoming more and more real. That yeah. we're gonna have two children living in this house. Does the although um like that first one's got to be huge, right? You well, know, I mean, expect... she's not huge. She's like three foot right now. <laughs> I'm fat shaming she, your daughter. And I mean, she's re- she's in good shape nope. for a three year old. But you don't know what to expect. It's a whole lifestyle change, and now I, I kind of feel like not that it's downhill from here. It's just old guard. It's a miracle that uh, oh, yeah. another life is being oh, brought in. Miracle. Yeah, you got a boy and a girl. Yeah, brother and sister, one of each That's right. now. Time, time to get completed snipped. this set. <laughs> That's right. It's time to get snipped. Man, I ain't snipping shit. Do you get a set bonus? Like in I, Zelda? I, <laughs> have one of each. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. That's why I wanted to name him Atticus. Ooh, that'd be Because then we'd have a set bonus. Oh, what if you had done Lincoln Zelda? A, a dude. That'd have been great. <laughs> Lincoln? Lincoln Zelda? Lincoln, Lincoln Zelda. <laughs> 
on a ride. <laughs> oh my God. Driving around my Lincoln. Yeah, my Lincoln. I'm a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen anything about this Serenity movie? Uh, I hear it's awful. Yeah. With, with he and Anne Hathaway. Uh huh. Yeah. Is uh, gone and forgotten. You know really? how they say gone and not forgotten? Yeah. This movie is gone and all forgotten. It. Yeah. Why the fuck did they have to name it Serenity? God damn. I know. There should well, have been a trademark on that. Yeah. How did they get around that? I don't know. Because usually it's like William Shakespeare's Serenity. You know, they have to right? modify Mary Shelley's uh-huh. Shelley. Uh, Mary Shelley's Shelley. <laughs> Serenity. <laughs> it's a movie about Sheldon <laughs> from Big Bang Theory. Yes. Mary Shelley's Shelley. And Shelley Long is in it. Dude. Hmm. So I started watching Cheers again. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Inspired by uh, the Craniacs podcast? No. Going back and doing a little... You know what? Maybe. Maybe there was a little subliminal thing going on there. Mm -hmm. But it's just, the last time I watched Cheers, I was like nine years old. I was... Yeah, me too. I I watched it as a child and didn't realize like the humor that went over my head as a kid. But, dude, that is some writing that still stands up today. Like, that is a... It's a good sitcom. However, a little tone deaf... In in today's day and age, with well, the like how some, some borderline homophobia. rapey fucking Sam Malone is in that show. Oh yeah, like you're like wow, dude. Uh, and you're her boss. He's so inappropriate uh, that no one would put up with something like that. And you almost well, it's it, Ted Danson though, it, man. He's so charming. But I would put he, up with that. He is. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember him. Be, like he's his performance is so subtle mm-hmm. that. He was he's a natural in this show. He, mm-hmm. Everybody no, that's Robert Redford. Everybody in that cast is really fucking good. Uh and and I appreciate Shelley Long. And watching Troop Beverly Hills, she was garbage in that <laughs> movie. No. But she's so fucking good I and she's so adorable. She's got she's cute and she's sexy and she's annoying. Kind of. But like I, I really dug her in that. Like as Diane Chambers, that is the fucking role she was born to play. And yet she was only on what two three, seasons? Three seasons. Was it three? Yeah. I felt like she left earlier than that. And then we had uh, Rebecca. No, what's her name? Not Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca Demornay. What's her name? Kirstie Allen. Oh, because Rebecca was her character's name, yeah, right? There I you think go. so. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's good. I recommend it. if you haven't watched Cheers in a while, fucking go check it out. Uh, See any other movies? See any movies? No, no, dude, I haven't. We watched uh, in, in, almost in kind of preparation for this week's <laughs> preparation H for this week's uh, movie <laughs> that was last week. And also, I told you this is our Austin Powers and Goldmember episode. Yes, please. Hey, that's my life. <laughs> um, I think I told you we've been watching The Good Place. Speaking of uh, Sarah, really wants to start that sitcoms. Speaking of Ted, Danson. catch up, man, because we're at the end of the first season, and uh, yeah, recommend highly recommend. Uh, but obviously, it has to do with the afterlife. And then with this movie coming up this week, we're kind of in a Spiritual mode here. We wanted to revisit some movies. So I showed Jenna, one of my all-time favorites, um, Defending Your Life. from Albert, Albert Brooks. Brooks. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah. What a smart... W- that movie still holds up. Like, just some of the ideas it has. I- I've probably seen it half a dozen times or so. Yeah. And um, just clever writing, and the lines are still funny. And uh, I love what he... Uh, I appreciate it now more as an adult, especially with the themes that they- he has about fear, about facing your fears. Yeah. and Living your life regret. fear-free. I see a lot of myself in that character. And, uh-huh. and I'm, it's, a, it's a nice... It, it's a special thing when you can watch a movie and it, it is both entertaining and it has uh, ideas, makes you think, uh-huh. makes you laugh. Yeah. Like legitimately funny lines. Uh-huh. Uh, like Birth of a Nation. A ro- <laughs> <laughs> As a ro- romance, a believable romance. God uh-huh. damn, Meryl Streep is just a national treasure. But then holds up 30 years after it came Some, out. Somebody say treasure. That's <laughs> no. What is it? A spider noir. A spider noir. You're in the wrong dimension. God. Oh, I hear they're okay. making a spinoff, uh, potentially, of some of the uh, the Spider-Man-verse. 
Spider-Verse characters. Easy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Speaking of which. Whoa. So, Spider-Verse, nominated for an Oscar, uh-huh. right? Uh, did you hear the, the controversy about the Oscars this week? Yet another Oscars controversy? Uh, no, no. What is it? So, they have announced that um, there are going to be four categories that normally they show. Oh, they're going to show uh, during commercial they're breaks. They're going to deliver them during commercial and breaks. And one of them is best cinematography. Best cinematography and best editing. <laughs> best, like... Those are the two categories I watch the Oscars for. I could give a fuck. <laughs> like, uh, best animated... Well, animated short's kind of cool. Best foreign like, film. Best foreign film. Fucking do that shit yeah. over the commercial break. Nobody cares. Yeah. make that, Just make it part of the uh, technical Oscars. So pi- That happened, like, the, the week before. No. They should be rolling that shit back in. What they should be doing is cutting out all the musical numbers. We don't need to... No, I'm talking about best foreign film. Like, do that during the technical Oh, right. Yeah, Oscars. yeah, yeah. Get that shit out of here. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Golden Globes are for, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, big kerfuffle about uh, their decision to do do that. I'm not sure if uh, it's probably too late for them to renege on that idea. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Take it easy with that language. I God. said renege. I oh oh got it. So you're bringing them back, bringing it back, bringing it. Okay, back. gotcha. Um, but yeah, a lot of people uh, upset. Myself, one of them. When the hell's the when when the I don't Oscars? know, and I don't care, Joe, because I think I'm going to boycott. This happens. Every, I feel like uh, Charlie Brown. And they're Lucy with the football. Like, every year you think it's going to be different. You think maybe they'll get it right. You think maybe... Uh, You're totally going to watch it. Uh, no, but I'll probably have an there, eye on my there, Twitter feed. There are a lot of superhero movies well, that are nominated. <laughs> You're going to watch this. There's two. What are you There's talking probably going to be an Avengers trailer. So you watch All it that, that shit drops online after the fact. Wow. I'm over it. You are so unplugged. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I envy you that you're so unplugged. Really? Yeah. You could do this too. You I could can't. be I don't as enlightened kind of as me, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I could be like you, the guy from the Lyft commercials. Like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I have had like uh, five or six people. I believe it. Just with the You look like this fucking guy weeks. on this commercial. You know, and I, I didn't think so at first. As people were saying, they're like, dude, that looks like Joel. That looks like Joel. That looks like. I'm like, fuck you. No. And I finally watched the whole commercial, and there's like a couple times where the guy goes, Yep. yep, and I'm like, that's, that's nope. that is fucking. Joke. I usually don't believe that stuff either. People tell me that, but this one, even I had to admit, I was like, oh, it's kind of like looking into a mirror in some of those shots. The mannerisms, oh yeah, the eyebrows. He's got the eyebrows and and the briefcases. His, his outfit. That's right. That yeah. is something I would wear. Yeah, a so, sweater with a little collared shirt underneath. <laughs> shirt underneath it, yeah. yeah, but yeah, my veterinarian. There's like, <laughs> I walked in there and he was like, were you in a lift commercial? Yep. It's like, <laughs> that's what you should have done. People at work. Yeah, yeah. See, I was thinking about like the guy from the lift commercial. He has a little bit more of a lantern jaw, just yeah. slightly more square in the jawline mm-hmm. than you are, but a little longer face, a little bit longer. But face. the glasses, mm-hmm. his hair is a little more quaffed than yeah, mine is as that's well. That's true, mm-hmm. but he's in a commercial. Yeah, that's just so what uh, do you do? Uh, some do you makeup just do artist, a dirty podcast. <laughs> that's right. Nobody has podcasts to see me. are so out now. But if you want to know what I look like, uh, Google Co- the editing bay doc. Oh, lift commercial, <laughs> and uh, there I am. You know what I should do? I should replace my uh, biopic. On the website, dude. What's that? What, what's commercial. that app that you can get that you can replace people's faces in movies with face, your own face? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know that one. There, there's you an app put, where you could do that. You could, repl- you could replace. You could replace. Put your face mm-hmm. and then replace somebody else's face in movies. Oh, like in Rambo like and deep, stuff like that. One of those deep fakes, something like that. Have you heard of those? Where they're yeah. taking like uh, celebrity faces yeah. and putting them on porn? Yeah, yeah. Or Scarlett Johansson, dude, and Emma Watson. Oh, no, really? Yeah, they did that with Emma Watson, too. Oh, no. Yeah, man. 
So we can do that with you. Guess what I'm going to be Googling put, after this put episode. Put your face on some porn star. But it's got to be a chick. <laughs> this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. My name's Sean. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Uh, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And invite you to take part in the discussion. Yeah, you. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay. Or in that search bar, put in the Editing Bay. That's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. And uh, that is our little home on the internet. Uh, that's where you can talk back to us. And if you've got ideas for movies for us to talk about in the future, go ahead and put your suggestions there. This week, mm-hmm. it is my pick celebrating Valentine's Day week. Special romance-filled episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. romance-filled. By the end of this episode, Joel and I are going to kiss. We're going to be making out. Penis. Why do we got to wait till the end? Yeah, well, I mean, we can do it right now. Burying the lead. But then we'll have to do a <laughs> podcast like this. <laughs> Um, you have anything planned special for uh, Valentine's Day? Yeah, I guess take take my lady out. Our annual tradition. Ooh, we're gonna go tradition. get some, some Italian food. Oh, just kind of enjoy each other's company, child free oh. for a couple. Of, well, she'll have the one swimming around in her belly. <laughs> Can't get rid of that one. Can't get rid of that one. Stretch the umbilical cord out of the lobby. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you wait out there. Oh my god! Nobody ordered you for another three months, kid. Somebody's gonna put him in the lobster tank by mistake. Oh no. <laughs> And then uh, some rich snooty guy will order him as oh, his dinner. Oh, man. I'll take that one. He looks fiery. And then he's going to start like s- swirling in the freaking umbilical cord like it's that scene from Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? That's my unborn child. You know, Sounds like, like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got the, the fluid in their mouths when Dude, they come out, right? you got to clear the I got the, the fucking throat. fluid in my mouth. Dude, this fucking Uh-oh. weather is doing me no fucking favors Are you going to get right me now. sick again, Joe? Probably not going to get you sick. It's the bar- the barometric pressure and the changes in the temperature. Dude, Monday was 80 degrees, or Tuesday was like 80 degrees, yes. last Tuesday. Fucking 80. Then we got rain overnight, mm-hmm. and then the next day, 15. Yep. <laughs> what? what the fuck, man? Texas, man. Gee, but what, I mean, what about that fucking global warming? <laughs> if we could get some of that global warming. Clearly, it's uh, that's a lie. That's fake news, idiot. Joe. That fucking idiot. Stay focused. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Stay simmer, on target. Simmer. Stay on target. <laughs> so, Made in Heaven from mm. 1987. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that I grew up with. I, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell me your history about this film. Because you must have seen it. I'm going to guess you probably saw it when you are about 11. About 11 years 10 old. 10 or 11. Yeah. When all films are good. When I was... <laughs> I saw it when I was about eleven years old, uh, and I was uh, I was swept up in like the weird fairy tale aspect. Yeah, of it. I can see why. Um, so, Jesus, <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one. This will be fun. So, from nineteen eighty seven, directed by Alan Rudolph, uh, who Ooh. the only other movie I can think of that he did Rudolph. was this movie called Mrs. Parker in the Vicious Circle. Rudolph uh, from nineteen ninety four. Starring Jennifer Jason Lee, Campbell Scott, oh. uh, uh, John Favreau, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Heather Graham was in that. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. You should check it out. It's not that bad. I will now. Uh, Made in Heaven awesome. had a budget of $13 million. Looks about right. Took in $4.5 million. Well, Sounds about right as well. Oh, shit. Do you know why this was, uh, or when it was released? 1987. No, no, I mean, like, what time of year? Like, did they, did I don't, they try to bury I don't it know. Somewhere? I don't know when it was released, but here's what it went up against in 1987. I was hoping you would do this, because... I do this all the time. I'm yes, going to do this from now but on. But especially this episode, I think it's... I need I need to know... Uh, what it went up against? other films, because 87... Well, we're talking about other romance movies that competed with something like this. Mm-hmm. The Princess Bride. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, How about this one for romance? Predator. (laughs) Three Men and a Baby. Moonstruck. Broadcast News. Raising Arizona. Oh, my God. The Untouchables. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Dirty Dancing. uh, Beverly Hills Cop. 
Yeah. Uh, Overboard, another romance oh. that's pretty good. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons, The Last Emperor that won the Oscar. Oh, that's right. Um, and uh, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace and <laughs> Evil Dead Two. And movies that we've talked about that have come out in 1987. Okay. The Monster Squad. Yeah. Spaceballs. <laughs> the Running Man. Oh, yeah. RoboCop. Wait, we didn't do Running Man. Yeah, we did. We did? Yeah, we did The Running Man. I don't remember that. <laughs> Long oh, time ago. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of Logan's Run. Yeah, yeah we did Running we Man. We did Running Man. Listen to Running Man. Uh, RoboCop, mm-hmm. The Lost Boys, Lethal Weapon, and Masters of the Universe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> A lot of good movies on that list. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, well-made, uh, look like they were made in 87, great cinematography, yeah. great acting, great special effects uh-huh. in some of those. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> And then you have well, we'll get to it. Uh, so the uh, the movie that won Best Picture going into nineteen eighty seven, Platoon. What uh, was what was the number one song of nineteen eighty seven, Joel? Oh, let's see, eighty seven. So this is uh, um, got to be something from one of those movies that you just mentioned. You think so? It's the Monster Squad song. Isn't it? <laughs> it's Monster first game Squad. Dracula, then the Wolfman too. <laughs> I'm a white guy rapping. <laughs> My name is Sean, and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. <laughs> Marnie. What, what is it? What do you uh, think it is? What do I think it is? Take a stab. I'm going to go like them. a Whitney Houston uh, or maybe like a Don Henley single. No. No? All right. No. Just give it to me. The Bengals, Walk Like an Egyptian. Oh, hey, there you go. That was the number one song of 1987. <laughs> so Made in Heaven, starring Timothy Hutton and Kelly McGillis. Yes, it was. Now, going into this movie, I told you, you know, after watching Top Gun, where there was no chemistry between Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. I was like, don't worry. We got plenty of chemistry between Kelly McGillis and Timothy Hutton. Was I wrong? Yes. Was I wrong? Yes. Was I wrong? <laughs> but was I wrong? Yes. Absolutely. I'm not wrong. They don't, they spend less than half of the movie together. No. This is they the... spend half the movie together. Keanu because Reeves. half the movie takes place in fucking heaven. That's true. Which is way too fucking long for them to be in heaven. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but they spend half the movie together. Yeah. That's like 45 minutes. Well, I'll give you that. But I still feel like Sandra Bullock <laughs> and Keanu Reeves spent more time together in the lake house. Me- but uh, okay, even okay, even if there's more uh, minutes on film, uh, that does not equal quality time. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, gazing, longingly into each other's talking eyes, talking at one another. Yes, <laughs> asking in and out, asking questions. Do, dude, dude, w- was the movie at least? Pre- it was done in an interesting way. Uh, I, yes, it, it is abstract as fuck. It is very. It's it's funny when uh, the Tim Daly character. If you are a fan from of Wings, Wings yeah, uh, asks at one point he's like a, a budding director, and uh, as they're exiting, <laughs> he the reminded frame, me of you. He and Kelly McGill, fuck you, you take that back, like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I got that really good dog food commercial. <laughs> I scored that good do- that yeah, dog. I, I realized I wanted to be a director. Hey, do you like French Nouveau film? <laughs> Do when he's when she meets him at the at yeah, school. Hey, let like, me ask you, do you like French new <laughs> new wave directors? New wave, yeah, and I was like, Ugh. Uh, but that is what this film feels like. So I don't know if that was a little Easter egg in there, but uh, yeah, a lot of dissolves, a lot of, um, and and not helped by the soundtrack, who, uh, and I knew it was going to be a rough one. What? When I saw uh, music written and performed by by Mark Isham. Are you familiar with Mark Isham? No, I'm not. He he does. He's kind of like a Philip Glass. Oh, is everything he? is kind of uh, very minimalist. I love this American life. <laughs> I am Philip Glass. <laughs> We're telling our story in three acts. <laughs> Act one. Music written and performed by Mark Itham. Um, 
Yeah, and, and so '87 was it came out, and that was kind of at the height of kind of that new age music. It's where... like it's like if if Art Deco could be a movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's... But the synthesizers and and every now and then you get some sax saxophone features uh-huh. heavily yeah. in this film, both oh, yeah. on screen and off screen. Um, very, yes, you get that that synthesized. <laughs> so what's like? I feel like you know you talk a lot about Annihilation uh, uh-huh. from a couple of years ago oh, yeah, and the yeah. soundtrack to that. I feel like this is 1987's version of the Annihilation of sound- Annihilation soundtrack, okay. where it's you can't tell the sound effects from the score. Mm-hmm. And uh, not a, not a lot of hummable themes coming out of this film, Jeff. Yeah, no. I I disagree. You like the th- you like well. The music? There's there's one melody that you keep hearing over and over again. In fact, they play it every time Timothy Hutton's character like runs into someone that he had already met before, mm-hmm. either in heaven or in a previous life. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they play that or someone he's supposed to run into later. You get that little melody, and it's like okay. When it's done the first like three or four times, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's cute. But they do continue to do it throughout yes. the movie. And by the time that gets around to it at the end, and then I feel like we have to hear another rendition. We hear like three different renditions of this song, of this non-song. Yeah. Um, and I love how they... I'm we getting, never danced. danced. I love how... Um, never. We never danced. I'm getting ahead of myself, never but... Uh, like danced. His whole thing, he's a, he's a budding musician, right? Well, not yet. No. So let's start off with Mike. Let's do All right, so we start like it's in the, the 50s. Timothy Hutton. Yeah, well, I don't know. Where it's, I feel it, like it's earlier. Than that. Is it earlier than it that? It feels like Grapes of Wrath time. <laughs> it, it, but the like car isn't that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very Indy Jones. So it's and and the 30s, fact that 40s. like his folks are still alive in the eighties. In the eighties, that's a good when point. He meets up with them. So I yeah. think it's like the fifties. That sounds about right. Math works out. Um. So and also he went to like World War Two. He talks about it when he's in there. Life. You go. Good point. All right. Um, 40s. So his name's Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives with his folks. Just lost his job. He's. Dating Mayor Whittingham, Willingham, Whittingham, whatever that fucking actress's name. Yeah, uh, she was in uh, uh, Saint Elmo's Fire, and uh, and so he's dating her, and he lost his job, mm-hmm. and so we kind of find out he's down in his luck. Everything's he's in to get black and white. We should mention it's or a little bit of a sepia it's, tone. It's a little bit of a a, a Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yeah, going very on. much so. So, like at one point, he's hanging out. He goes to a job interview, and he kind of. Tanks the interview, tells the guy he's a jerk. Well, you're you're a jerk. Okay, so right off the bat, if they're trying to set this this character up as sympathetic, yes, he's kind of unlikable, and I found myself like waiting for him to, to die. Oh my I was god! Die. I was like, all right, well, this is going to be kind of a kind of a you know a bad guy who uh, gets his his comeuppance, and then uh, he he kind of turns around later on. He gets a second chance at life. Uh huh. Nope. I hope it's not too late. Oh, it's too we late. We were more than friends. But yeah, um, he's kind of a dick to the guy. Like, for he's a dick to people for no reason. And well, then he's surprised when his girlfriend leaves, leaves him. him. <laughs> but I will say, like, that's kind of some bullshit. Where like you're hanging out with your girlfriend. Yeah, he's got his arm around. He's her, got his arm around her, and she's like, "So and so asked me to marry him." What? 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 Does that happen? And that's what my that's what my note was. I'm like, wait. So was that acceptable at some time? Where like you were in a relationship, you were dating somebody, mm-hmm. and somebody else asked her to marry them. And she's like, she's like, I think I said yes. I was gonna wait until you got a job before I, I told you. Right? It's like, like you're just fuck li- you. living this lie here in my car. Uh, here in my car. So, so basically, these are the worst people. These two are the worst people in the world. The worst. Uh, until he's making his way out of town, sees a car that's been run off the road and mm-hmm. it's sinking in a river or mm-hmm. something. He dives in to help them. <laughs> Clearly on hydraulics. <laughs> 
This is a set. Will you stop, dude? It's 1987. Cars don't sink that way, by the way. Cars it's, don't stay afloat it, until you get close to them and then slowly go into the lake. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You're right. A young man can pull a sword out of his chest through the power of love, but a fucking car can't just hey, if, slowly if sink. if the effect looks good, anything can happen. It looked okay for 1987, I guess. Mm, all right. Uh, <laughs> you want to read that list of movies that came out again? No, compare, I really, I really don't. special effects. Because there were some that I didn't even touch on that looked way better yeah. than this. Transformers the movie? Was that 87? I'm washing my car. It's the same song. Ooh, mashup. Yeah. Um, no, so he, he dives in, saves this woman and her two children, mm-hmm. in the process dies, is greeted in heaven by his aunt, played by the wonderful Maureen Stapleton, yeah. who's kind of wasted in this movie. Mm-hmm. A weird choice, too, that they're like, you're met by your aunt. Yeah. Like, you, she's like, well, I'm the only relative who isn't living. She's not a relative that they, they don't mention her at all while he's still alive. They're not like, not a lot of you time. know, he's talking to his mom and she's like, I still miss your aunt, you know, Jenny or whatever her name Lisa. is. Lisa. Aunt Lisa. I still think of your Aunt Lisa every day. Like, we don't get a little bit of information about her first before we meet her and are basically told by the movie, yeah. this is an important character. That would have been nice. <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. As much as I love this movie, and I do love this movie. All right. I, I, that's, I'm going to just put that out there I'm, right I now. I can't take that away from you. I love this movie, but this is a movie that has a lot of fucking problems. Oh, yeah. And one of the biggest problems, and it's evident right here where he meets Aunt Lisa and throughout the rest of the movie, is that they don't develop anything. And the things that they try to develop are developed poorly. Well, Joe, that's kind of a theme throughout this entire film. Well, there are way too many characters. We were talking earlier before you started. I asked how many recasts you have. I only have three. I have 11. Because I couldn't figure out who was important enough in this film to recast. And by the time we're, we're like, we're like 10 minutes left in the film. And I'm like, well, the only two characters that seem to matter at all are the leads. And, and that's being generous. Leads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got leads. We got leads. And a whole team working on it. So he, Mike meets this girl, Annie, in heaven. Mm-hmm. Played by Kelly McGillis. Would you and they, know my, my name, name uh, if I met you in, in heaven. heaven? So they fall in love, and they're going to get married. And I guess they don't get married. Can we talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, let's do let's do that. So uh, right off the bat, I'm expect. Okay, so I've been talking about good place. I was just talking about defending your, your life. life. Uh-huh. A lot of great ideas about what the afterlife is like. This is kind of a milk a toast heaven. And I don't like their idea of love because love seems to be wrapped up in physical appearance and sex appeal. Yeah, uh, which you should you shouldn't have a corporeal form if no, you're in heaven. No, exactly. Especially when well, we can get into that later. Let's focus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why should we start now? Yeah, good point. Uh, Trey's trio. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's called shout out. Couple of <laughs> this is our episode three weeks ago where <laughs> we read a review. I don't hold a grudge, not really. Um, was going with this. You were talking about how heaven, the idea of heaven, yeah, just, is very milk toast. And but the but idea, you pronounced milk toast really weird. Milk milk toast. Milk toast. Milk toast. <laughs> Otherwise, it's milk and toast. Milk toast, and that's different. It's milk 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 toast. Milk milk. You're saying milk toast. It's milk toast. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> right. This is what we should be hung up on right now. Here we'll do the we'll do the Google. Uh, or Welcome the, to Google <laughs> to the dictionary. You know how they pronounce the words. How do you spell that? M I L Q. Here we go. Here we go. Milk, milk bone. We'll let the dictionary tell us how it's pronounced. Oh, don't. Milk toast. Milk oh. toast. Milk toast. <laughs> You're welcome. Got a milk toast. 
It's spelled. It's got that Q U E, and you know what? I'm realizing now that's one of those words I've only seen printed and never really pronounced out loud. Milk and toast. <laughs> do, you, do you pronounce the P in Phantom? <laughs> oh, it's the the Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom Episode One. The Phantom. The Phantom. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> The Pahanta Manasse. Anyway. <laughs> Manace. Pahanta Manace. It's my favorite Italian film. The Phantom Manace. Uh, that's good stuff. No, but uh, just the idea that like he sees her, they see him. And also, like he had the luxury of dying in his mid-twenties, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, poor Aunt Lisa is stuck in her 60-year-old body. Like, she's not getting laid in heaven. Uh-huh. Laid in <laughs> heaven. <laughs> That's you? the porn version of made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> laid in heaven. Dude, so do you think that maybe, like, what this movie tries to uh, present us is the idea that we could we could present ourselves however we want to be okay. in heaven? Because here's my question for you. self-projection. Is that they say, they say that uh, every soul goes back. You eventually go back to earth and live another life and then come back. Mm-hmm. And here's my question for mm-hmm. you. Which loved ones come to greet you after you've lived that second yes, life? Yes, from which life? Like, That's right. Do you then go back? Does Does Elmo go back and see Aunt Lisa? No, because he, no, he, he has a whole other family. Does he see his abusive Uncle Ricky or whatever the hell his mom? <laughs> yes, that's which right. was weird that yeah. she kept calling him Uncle whatever yeah, his Uncle name was. Gus. Uncle Gus. Was. Oh, Elmo, you're Uncle Gus. Yeah, I worked a long time to I'm get like, that why one. Why the fuck did you? Why are you calling him Uncle Gus? That's what you call him. That's what Mama calls her boyfriend. Why does fucking Timothy Hutton have to live the worst fucking life? Yeah, possible. Two in a row. I yeah. would say. Yeah. I mean, he had a good family, and we'll get to that. Yeah. He had, he had a decent family the first time around, but like he had just like the. They, why did they have to have two completely different lives that, like, he had well, this, like, fucking, he had to work from the ground up, he had, he lived in dirt and squalor, and he was living an abusive life, and then you've got Kelly McGillis, who just lives this charmed-ass life, yeah. rich, mm-hmm. not needing anything. Beautiful. The, the conflict between the two of them, the conflict that each of them individually faces, breaks down like this, and this is indicative of a male writer on a movie. Absolutely. That Timothy Hutton has to, like, Pull himself up by his bootstraps. Find himself. He's got to find himself. He's got to fight. And the only struggle that we see Kelly McGillis go through, I got to get a man. Is that she gets bored. Mm-hmm. She's riding a bike in her apartment, mm-hmm. and then she gets divorced. But she's still rich. I wasn't clear as to why they even Climbed got the divorced. Ladder to the roof <laughs> where we could see heaven much better. <laughs> I didn't understand. I like why the Supremes version of that song a little bit more. <laughs> well, I heard Tim Daly. Tim Daly is her. Um, her college boyfriend turned husband. Should we, we back up because nobody has seen this movie that is listening to this podcast. <laughs> you don't think anybody has seen this? I, I had a trouble finding this movie, and we watched Elves, <laughs> which is on YouTube. Fucking Dan Haggard. This one elf. I couldn't even find. I had, to, I had to pay money for this one, Joe. I had to rent this one. Holy I tried to shit. download it over the weekend, and even the Pirate Bay was like, no. The only copy I have has subtitles. <laughs> Korean subtitles? Yeah, well, I think it's like Portuguese subtitles. No. Yeah. So... It wasn't too much better. Yeah. But you could buy it on iTunes. Yes. Well, I, I rented it, luckily. <laughs> I didn't have to purchase this one outright. So you probably had a better looking copy than it, I did. It was in the HD. It looked... No, it didn't <laughs> look good. It looked... I mean, like, the resolution was there, but this is a ugly, flat, You just stopped mid-sentence. Looking... Like, I just said rabbit season, and you've been saying duck season. <laughs> duck season. <laughs> I can't even give it that. It it yes, it looked crisp. I will say that. You, uh-huh. you can tell that this was an, a non SD version. Mm-hmm. It was an HD. But man, just 
especially when you name that list of movies. Princess Bride yeah. is a fucking masterpiece. Probably the, the greatest romance movie ever it's, made. <laughs> it's, right. No, I'm being you're, very you're serious. serious, right? Yeah. Um, in some ways, a perfect movie. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess Bride. I should. Yes. I should yeah. Not clarify. made in heaven. Not made. In heaven. I love Made in Heaven. I know you do. I do. I, love I this wish movie. I could see what you saw in it. Maybe if I had seen it when I was at the tender age of eleven, I would as well enjoy it. Because um, I've got some. I think that it posits some pretty fun ideas. I think that it, there's what are a, the fun ideas? There's a fun fantasy aspect to it that these two souls fall in love in heaven, and that he loves her so much okay. that he wants to be sent back to find her on earth. Like, so that yeah. is such a holy romantic idea. Uh, you know now what? the execution there of it. There you go. Yeah, we got some fucking problems. Yeah. This movie should have been like. Five minutes of him in his previous life. Mm-hmm. Set it up. Like maybe ten minutes of him in heaven. Mm-hmm. Then the fucking rest of the movie should have been him in his unknowing journey to find her. I mean, I guess... And the problem is like you spend... They spent half this movie. Like it was a good third of the movie until they even started talking about her being born and sent to Earth. Yeah, it was about 45 minutes before we get back to Earth. Then when he finally is born... There are 40 minutes left in the movie. There's a lot. We are now in sprint mode, and it's it, it it feels that way. It's sloppy. as What should have been a longer story about, and this would have been way more interesting, story about a man mm-hmm. who's trying to be a musician from the very beginning. This man who like loves music his entire life, and they started, they planted the seeds with him playing that little piano That's as right. a kid, mm-hmm. and then they just fucking abandon it mm-hmm. until he meets up with his old parents and gets that fucking trumpet. Then suddenly it's like, all right, Sprint to the end of him writing a song. In two years, this guy manages <laughs> know, to right? become one of the biggest recording artists in the world. Yes. But, like, lived 27 years as nothing. Also, uh, based on one song. Based on, like, you can't they, just they write talk about one song. And become the, they talk about, like, the album. And that was one of my notes that I wrote down. I'm like, I'm like, okay, gotcha. So I get We Never Danced. That's That's great. What about the other songs yeah, on the album? What's the B sides? What what else? What else? What are the, what's the track list? Otherwise, you're because a one hit wonder. You're really not going to make it on this. We never danced. No, because I think it's a cute tune. I think the Motels version of it that they use in the movie is way better than the fucking Neil Young version. Neil Young no. wrote this song. Neil Young. Neil Young wrote We Never Danced, and then he has a version of it on one of his albums. Yeah, and he fucking blows at the vocals on that. Oh, that's surprising to hear. It's such a <laughs> he's trying to do the high pitched like falsetto that's just his voice and that's what he sounds it's like it's so bad uh i like but I, I like that they they you know Allie, Allie, who annie becomes Allie. she's mm-hmm. more Allie. she has an imaginary friend named mike mm-hmm. i loved that they played with like traces of like dormant yeah. memories they all have flashbacks that, that are of each still other. in there now what i didn't like is how sloppy that they handled the timothy hutton character when he when he's elmo and living his life as elmo like he just suddenly, like, he's a child, and then suddenly he's Jack White. Every- <laughs> and he's got, like, a hat, yes. a black jacket. A fucking pork pie And hat. then, like, he, he finds Neil Young driving a truck, and he's like, which way are you going? He's like, I don't know. He's like, well, if you don't know where you're going, doesn't matter which road you're on. Come on, get in the truck. All right, that's kind of cool. Then the next time we see him, he's in a, a fucking uh, an airport, and he was former military. Yeah. Haircut. Mm-hmm. He's, like, giving Tim Daly, like, the, 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 the business. The stink eye. Where he's like, were you there? Where'd you get that purple heart? See, the DMZ. Were you there? See, he's still a dick. He's a, a dick little to bit total of a dick. strangers. Fucking Tim Diddy like showed him how to how work to use the, the paper towels. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to use uh, in the bathroom. <clears throat> but then the next time we see Timothy Hutton after that, he's fucking Jack White again. Yeah. So what? Where's the growth? Who has this character become? 
Take out all. Take that military thing out. Yes. Let's have him just be a struggling musician and see him working at it throughout, and see like those little places where their paths almost intersected. That's an interesting part of this. Yeah. Movie. Every time we kind of see them almost meet on the street, or like you said, walking through that airport scene, that adds a little bit of otherworldliness to uh-huh. it. But all of these random characters and and storylines that they're introducing that really go nowhere. Nowhere. Ellen what's, Barkin. What's the plot besides the the elevator pitch that you gave me? Oh, guy dies, falls in love with a new soul in heaven. They kind of get married, mm-hmm. uh, at least according to heaven, which I guess means you know they banged in heaven. So she's like, well, l- technically we are married by yeah. by this place. Well, even the Emmett character says, "You fell in love in heaven. That means you'll be forever, together forever. That's very rare. You fall in love on earth. You know, that's yeah, it could be it could happen. But mm-hmm. you and he even says, Emmett says, she'll be back. You'll be together again. Mm-hmm. You just have to wait. And I'm like, you know what? This heaven." Time is probably pretty fluid. Sure. We've already established, like, if I think something hard enough, I could be there. Mm-hmm. What if I just think future yeah. hard enough? Hey, we're together again. Doesn't make a very good story. <laughs> no. But doesn't. neither does this. <laughs> We've got all these little characters that... Uh, and I, I don't know it, what the point of anything is. I, I, just to show that they went through failed relationships before they found each other. Yeah. But none of the failed relationships are... Are, are interesting. Like they don't. They're well, a, Sledgehammer was kind of interesting. He no was a charming guy. Consequence. Which I didn't need. To, I didn't need to see him naked. Did you oh, ever remember that the yeah. '80s TV show Sledgehammer? Was oh, that him? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> so like, yeah. Then you. He's yeah, a lot like of male in nudity shower. in this film. But he's he's at least he's charming. Where he says he's like, how about lunch? Yeah. How about how about ice cream? Like he's just asking her out. He's at least a charming character. But yeah, for the most part, everybody that they interact with is is despicable. You have Ellen Barkin, that whole weird Ellen Barkin story, yes. where he like shows up at a garage, his car's breaking down. There's Rick Ocasek from yes, the cars fixing, his car. fixing cars, <clears throat> and Ellen Barkin shows up and is like, "I need some help. You can make a little bit of money. Let's rob Tom Petty." <laughs> What's with all that? We got Neil Young. I feel like this director maybe had a relationship, like, or maybe had a history as a music video guy. That sounds about or was right. like a videographer for concerts. And so that's how he knows. I all can't these imagine people. the director had anything to do with moving film before this film. <laughs> like, yes, he probably knew all those people and was able to get financing for his little pet project. But I, I, I can't believe that he had a, a, a love for the craft. There's some good stuff going on in this movie, and where this movie is the best, my favorite, as a kid and even now at 41, the most touching, most powerful part of the movie, and something that I wish they had peppered more in the film. Mm-hmm is when Elmo meets Mike's parents. Where he's yes. on the side of the road and they pick him up and they're like, you just, you look like, yeah, she and starts you know to she say, wants to say mm-hmm. her son, but instead you just look like you can use a ride. Okay, so let's talk about that uh-huh. uh, before we get into the rest because I agree, those are the strongest moments of the film. But why does he look like his former self? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm all with you. Like, okay, we have to represent heaven. So uh, what you remember looking like on earth, that's what you see. You're sure. kind of projecting yourself. But when you're born again, he's got a completely different set of parents, different set of DNA. There's yeah, no way. Yeah, he, he should be like same. a big fat guy. If you took a look at Gus, he should just look different. His parents should not be able to recognize him unless I'm, we're going to pull that bullshit. Oh, it was in his eyes. I'm not, so, I'm not so concerned about that. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to nitpick that much. Mm. I think that playing off of just the coincidence that he looks like their their son, I think that's fine. I think that that gives you enough common ground to build from to give us some touching moments between them. 
And I, I like it. Those two actors that They're play great. his parents are fantastic. I love her. They got so much charm. I like him. He was the the manager of the uh, of the the Redskins. Is it the right? No, the, of the um, the Indians, the Cleveland Indians in Major League. He, oh. he was the manager. Uh, and they're both like they've got such a natural chemistry with each other. Yes, they uh, they're they're charming. You want them to be your parents. Yeah, and they they pick them up on the side of the road and like just the look in their eyes that they're like so excited. Like mm-hmm. they both see it. Like, that, we like, usually don't do this, but this looks like our boy. The pain that you could see in their eyes when they invite him to come eat with them, and he's like, you know what, you guys go. I'm gonna. And they're like, are you sure? You sure you don't want? I'm, come on, you're more than welcome to join us. And the fact that he doesn't, and they're like. Like they, oh, yeah. they, like they had, a, like you want to hug them because it's like they got a little piece of heaven back. They got to have their boy, and then the Would moment you where know my name. name, and then when she tells him in the car as they're driving, like I'm dying, I've never told anybody, uh, and I'm so scared, and like the fact that he gives her a little bit of comfort, yeah, I think that's so beautiful. It's a nice scene. That is a beautiful part of this movie. But that's and that's it. <laughs> not what it's this like movie is about. Weird oasis is that, <laughs> yes. and it shouldn't have been. Ju- it should have been about this. Yeah, sure. That search for love. Mm-hmm. That's one thing, and that's great. That could be your overall arc. But maybe like we could have had more moments like that where Elmo. I don't know. Like I, I just really enjoyed him connecting with those with that those was two nice. people. But what's so special <clears throat> about him? What's so special about her? That they're going to break the rules that, that this usually doesn't happen, but okay, I'll send you back, says yeah. Emmett Humperdinck or whatever the fuck Emmett his name Humbert. Is. Yeah, there you go. Played by... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Like, Which surprised me. I didn't know until this last time watching it. Really? I finally looked it up. Well, let's talk about it then. Because, well, no. uh, so as a kid yeah. watching this movie... Did you know? I never knew who this was. But could you tell that it was, could, it was a no, woman in no, makeup playing an older man? I could not. Not when I was a kid. Mm. When I got older and I watched it, like maybe in my early twenties, mm-hmm. and I watched it again, I was like, "Something's off." Is this? is this like a, a woman who's like, is she? Like, maybe she was a famous like burlesque performer in Hollywood, <laughs> and that's why this director fucking picked her. Yeah. I had no idea this was Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger playing a, a I guess, a, an angel, right? Yeah, she like she, the Saint Peter of this, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, she's the one who sends back Timothy Hutton. Uh, and sorry, Elmo, and then tries to show up again to 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 get him through. Yeah, she, which is also a problem I have with it. But we'll get to that in a second. Well, no, yeah, let, let's talk. I about have a problem it. with that. I have a problem with Emmett showing up and like Elmo, you're messing up. Yeah, you, you're you 28 got, years old. You got two years. You got left. two years left. You got to find her. I'm like, wait a minute. So now, Elmo, who was born without any of these memories from heaven, mm-hmm. and is on this fucking journey, whether he knows it or not, to find Annie, is getting like pep talks from Emmett. <laughs> Yes. Like, why does Emmett care? Why, why is Emmett invested in this at all? Exactly. Because what's so special about him? According to this, like, if they die, so if the, if he goes to Earth and doesn't find her, they can't be together in heaven again. I guess not. She ends up with a sledgehammer. We keep <laughs> futzing with the rules of how this works. Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't understand what was special about him. That Emmett's like, I like you. It's I want you. I want to see you get the girl. Aside from, uh, well, then fucking. Poof me over to where the girl is. There you go. Am I a sultan or am I a sultan? If you're willing to break the fucking rules, then fucking break the rules. Hey, speaking of that, did you see that uh, Will Smith Aladdin trailer? I I called it. Not interested. I called it. (laughs) They're putting all their eggs in In this. In one basket. We're going to live action all of our Disney animated movies from the 90s that you loved. You had a success with Beauty and the Beast. I didn't think it was a creative success. 
but uh, Jungle Book was even financially. kind of successful. So, yeah, Jungle Book apparently is great, and that's a John Favreau film. I uh-huh. I, I do want to see doing that. The Lion King. I heard great things about that. I mean, even that, I'm not jazzed about. I don't. There's got to be more than just you filming live actions. And when I heard that they were doing Aladdin before they even announced casting, I was like, no. No, no. There's no way you can do it, this it, it, well, because it all hinged on Robin Williams and that character. You're not wrong. And unless you like, how are you going, going to and do Gilbert Godfrey the cartoon? Yes, but but just the, the the morphing, the cartoony things that he does, he's allowed to do as a genie in animation. You can't do that in live action, at least not the same. That way. wasn't just the animation; it was his voice. Absolutely, that Robin Williams transformed himself through his voice. And that, like the animators had to keep up with mm-hmm. what he was putting out. Exactly, there. and Will Smith is no Robin Williams. No, and he's kind of putting his own spin on it. <laughs> Joel Burnson putting himself out there, man. Controversial, I know. hot sports opinions. Uh, who who would you have recast as in a live action Aladdin as the genie, dude? I don't know. Like, man. like who can do that kind of manic? I don't know. Sean Hayes. <laughs> Uh, but no, <laughs> nobody wants to he's watch manic. Him. If he you wanted manic, manic, but he's not entertaining. No, Robin Williams was kind of a one of a one of a kind. Absolutely. Uh, I don't. I can't think of anybody. Yes, this that was ill conceived, and I do not think it's going to work on yeah. film. Mm-mm. Doesn't appear so from the trailer. No, dude. The trailer. The, dude, when I saw, I saw that <laughs> somebody posted a picture, <laughs> and it was uh, Will Smith as the genie, and he's like. Uh, I told you I'd call my crew if you want to start some shit. And it's every other blue character that's been in film. <laughs> like Yondu and fucking Nebula showing up. Oh, that's and, great. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was fine. No, the the trailer looks like shit. It looks like they're trying to make like Bollywood kind of movie. Like, yeah. Give it a little bit of that Bollywood feel. Which I it appreciate. It looks like the, uh, the, the Prince Ali Sultan song. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be a big number. Because uh, it looks like you see a little bit of that, but... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested. I don't think there's going to be an appetite for this the way that there was for Beauty and the Beast, no. and even and even Lion King. Honestly, I feel like Beauty and the Beast, just the animated film, plays itself out like a fucking Broadway musical. Of course, that it works. That and I felt like it worked for this, uh, and it worked the fact that they made it into a Broadway musical. Aladdin, I know it's a Broadway musical now, but the film itself didn't have that same. It didn't have that same magic, Mm-mm. which is weird because it's all about magic and genies and stuff. True. But it didn't have that same cinematic magic I agree. that Beauty and the Beast had. Uh, I, I find it interesting. I don't think many of the other Disney films have that same kind of... Maybe Frozen has that same kind of dramatic Broadway feel to it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I'm finally with you on this, that uh-huh. they're biting off more than they can chew. And then they've got Mulan on the way, and uh, there was another one that um, I, I can't remember... Yeah, I guess that's about it. Anyway, all right, they need to stop that shit. Back to made back to made in heaven. In heaven. Um. Yeah. I. I. You. I mean, you called before we started recording. You called Timothy Hutton a zero. She's <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. I, I like him. I think he's a strong actor. This yeah. isn't his best work. So, but he's a good performer. If you've ever seen the movie, uh, I think it's called Turk One Eighty Two, where his hmm. uh, he he's trying to get like the word out about his brother, who's a a firefighter who gets injured. Or is it killed in the line of duty? Nope. Uh, and it's almost like he becomes the 80s equivalent of like a viral success where he's trying to get like the message out. Mm. Uh, he was in a show called uh, Leverage that was on See, TNT. That was a good show. Fucking great. Uh, nothing against him, but it's more that this character, like there's nothing that uh, I find endearing about it. I'm not rooting for him. They, they don't give him a chance to grow as a character. He's just meandering through life, letting life wash over him. Dancing through life. <laughs> 
but uh, he doesn't earn any of this. And that's what I'm saying. The best they can do is that oh, he rescued some people from a car and drowned saving them. And so that just perpetually makes him a hero. Yet he's an asshole to everyone he meets. Even when he's reborn again. Like, I don't, I don't know why Kelly McGillis has a thing for him. I, I, I just D- don't get it. D- I mean, in heaven she does. They barely, like, she... And that's the weird thing, too. Finally, at the end, yes. she's the one that finds him. And, uh, like, Which is... It's one of those, like, weird... Uh, it, was, it was right with me the whole time. Dorothy was always, like, she right. was always where she wanted to be. Like, that's what that felt like at the end. In a lot of ways, this movie is like a weird, twisted Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, it even starts off with that sepia tone yeah, opening. Yeah. It does, um, and and in that part where she finds him, and then he like disappears, and then comes back, like he unthanoses, <laughs> and she's just like, "Oh, there you are." Yeah. Wouldn't that add some? Like you'd yeah. be asking some questions. <laughs> yes, there's some follow ups. And like, answered. was he supposed to die? That's what he turned thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was his birthday, right? Oh. Right. But well, w- but was he well, supposed to then die? So Emmett says at he the had beginning, thirty years to find her. They never really uh, set up what the stakes are, do they? It's just like if you don't find her by then, you'll never fall you'll in love. You'll never with her. fall in love with her. But yeah, it doesn't mean he was gonna just like vanish. Yeah. So like, interesting. I wonder if that's what it was supposed to be that he didn't take the cab with the black guy that was the computer science professor right. in heaven. That then became like a, a, a label. Yeah. So rep. What's, what's up with that too? Are we supposed to believe that like all of those souls they've been now reincarnated and he's encountering them again on Earth? Or did Emmett reincarnate them to interact with him to like help him on his way? Like maybe that, that's weird. Why do children in heaven need school if they're obviously going to forget all this shit when they're born? <laughs> yeah, that seemed weird too. <laughs> uh, a lot of unanswered questions, and that's the most frustrating thing. Is like. Th- the premise is more interesting than than the execution. I like the idea of, oh, souls falling in love in heaven, and then you have to come back. But Defending Your Life did it so much better. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many other movies about the afterlife. Um, Joe, favorite uh, favorite movie about the afterlife? Um, wow. Sixth Sense. No, uh, just Beetlejuice. Ooh, okay, wow, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a great film about uh-huh. the afterlife. A lot of ideas, great execution, great cast and acting and special mm-hmm. effects. Yeah. Uh, I like, I have a soft spot for uh, Steven Spielberg's Always. Oh, that's Richard really Dreyfuss Richard Dreyfuss and John Goodman. John Goodman. Uh, Deborah Winger? Wait, wait. Is no. De- um, is it Deborah Winger? That's it's Holly, Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. I get Deborah Winger, Holly Hunter, and Sean Young confused. I think you're sometimes. thinking of Audrey Hepburn plays the ghost <laughs> um, or the, the angel yeah. that, he, that cuts his hair. Mm-hmm. But that's a really good film and really sweet. And it has something to say. And it has a story that progresses. This film just kind of meanders around and characters come and go. None of his ink is consequential. And in fact, that scene you were just talking about where they finally, finally, within literally the last minutes of the film. Joe, I was watching the clock the entire time. And here we are, like 10 minutes left on the film. They are nowhere near meeting each other. Yeah. And then it's just happenstance on the street. It, it, she it, senses him. It almost feels like Fucking we, we bullshit, ran out of money. Man. It's like the end of Masters of the Universe. And they're like, guys, we need to just sneak into the studio. Uh, we've got a light. We're going to rotate on a gobo. Uh, just just swing your swords at each other a couple of but times. Like, what's the theme here? What is the message? What are, we, what are we trying to portray? That love conquers all. But it didn't. And love, you, you banged an angel in heaven. Like, this, that's not love. You saw Kelly McGillis across a crowded corporeal room. It really wasn't even crowded. No. Was, there were two people in the room. That's right. <laughs> Oh man! Just it would have been more interesting. There, there's, 
it, what's frustrating about the movie is that there are opportunities for it to be more interesting than it ultimately ended up being. Yeah. Um, like, it would have been interesting if, instead of Aunt Lisa, his buddy from the war meets him. I was waiting hey. for that guy to come back. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, it's me. It's Do we ever see him? Oh, my gosh. You di- Wait. You died storming the beach in Normandy. Yes. What? What do you, like? What a way more interesting way to find out that you you died yeah. is to meet up with your somebody that you already know. Instead of Maureen Stapleton painting paintings <laughs> yes. from a fake France in heaven, yeah. it was it, it's it's weird. Does it's, that character ever show <clears throat> back up? No, because they mentioned him, and and like I'm waiting for the payoff. And like you said, that would have been a great way to use that character, uh, and then. Yeah. Why even mention it? No, I'm not going to do anything. But with that it. is the problem with this movie: is that there's really, I don't know if there was an actual script and they just kind of jettisoned it on the way, <laughs> or if they didn't have enough time that Feels they like spent it. so much time with his fucking recording artist buddies I trying so. to get scenes shot mm-hmm. that they fucking ran out of money and ran out of time. And they're like, well, wait, wait, fuck, because I almost feel like that Ellen Barkin shit probably should have gone a little bit longer. But then they were like, whoa, so? we got to wrap this fucking movie up. It did feel like a way to shoehorn <laughs> in, like, how are we going to get to Tom Petty? What character could he play? I wonder well, what her childhood was like, man. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tom Petty. Tom Petty, man. Oh, man, just so sad. So Well, and, and a perfect example of what you're talking about here is when Tim Daly is talking to Kelly McGillis, where he's, like, s- splitting up with her. Why are they breaking he's up? He's breaking up with her. What's wrong? His, <laughs> his, his line is like, I don't know, maybe it's because you're into toys. Uh, yeah, the reason he's trying to divorce her is because she's always positive. You're, you're just and always she always just finds a way to you make have it work. Thoughts, you have ideas, <clears throat> and you just and you go always, with it. You always go with it, and you always find a way to make it work. What? And I'm like, what? What is? What's the problem? And then they just have their tears in their eyes, and then she's like, "Bye, good luck." No, no, there's tears in her eyes. She goes, "I'll change." <laughs> what? 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 Why? Why? Why are you changing? You're perfect the way you this are. This is a bullshit reason. And then we meet him and his 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 wife later on. I thought they were gonna after s- she after she, her father dies right after her father yes. dies. How oh, oh, Allie, look, it's me and this is my wife. And it's only been like a year. <clears throat> so much happens in such a short amount of time. I'm, I'm losing my voice. And yet nothing happens, Joe. No, no. Why, why do you why do you love this movie? No, I get it uh, because I love the idea of yes, it. Yes, I too. love the idea. I love the we're concept both- behind it. I think I like the abstract idea that's at work here. I do too. I don't like the execution. Like now watching it again, I see the fucking faults. I see that the emperor has no fucking clothes and on. And also we're both kind of like hopeless romantics. We both like, you know, the idea that there's somebody out there for and we, you and we what both, if fate were trying to and we, get you together. And I don't want to get too personal, but well, we both have suffered crushing loss. True, and we yeah. both want to believe that there's yep. a way. Like there's there's a, a possibility we'll see that maybe we'll see her again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so movies thought. like this give me hope. Like, oh, maybe maybe this this would be a cool thing. Because the mind I have, the life I live, I don't believe that there's anything. Because right. I look at all the science evidence and I'm like... Doesn't seem to be... Doesn't seem to be... Like, if this were true, there'd be fucking, you know, dead flies with halos playing harps and shit. <laughs> and I don't think... Why would we draw the line at just humans? Just humans get to go to heaven. Yeah. Because we're sentient. Yeah. What about dogs? I thought all dogs went to heaven. Well, yeah. I mean, Burt Reynolds and they, is there They now. all sound like Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen. Was he in that? Second one. He took on the role that Burt Reynolds like uh, uh, dropped. Ooh. Yeah, dude. 
We should do that on the uh, on the uh, podcast. We should. I mean, and really, wasn't this movie All Dogs Go to Heaven? <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of. It kind of is. All Dogs Go to Heaven is a better film than this. This is made in hell. How did Elmo afford doing an album? I don't know. Like he just shows up and he's talking to these he, two musicians. He, he's like, "I can't pay you, but I'll a, give you a cut of the album. I think it's going to be pretty good." <sighs> I'm like, "What? It's not how it works. What's going to be good?" What guy working a fucking, like, auditioning people to play his club is like, hey, 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 stop. You know what? I've heard enough. I've heard enough. No, the melody's great. It's a good song. It's a good song. But your lyrics, I'm like, no, actually, at this point, the melody's pretty bad, None of it sounds good. In fact, the best reaction ever is the guy working at the Chinese restaurant (laughs) who takes the trash out back, hears him playing, and he just kind of waves his hand up. Yeah. But somehow, Amanda Plummer. His uh, his new new girlfriend, yeah, has faith in him, and she's gonna bankroll. I guess is that is that what she is? Well, uh, she she seemed to have some connections. Wiley, yeah, that was her name, Wiley. Any of you fucking pigs move, <laughs> and I'll execute every motherfucking last one of that's you. That's her, right? From, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer. Yeah, she's like this is this is Brian Donaldson. He's got his own label. <laughs> yeah, what's the name of your label? Halo. Of course. Like, what that's the, the guy we knew and have that's yeah, that's when my eyes began to roll. It just it, it doesn't do for me, it doesn't do any of the things that a film is supposed to do. It's not artistically shot, it doesn't look good. There are several scenes where I saw and now maybe you can't tell in your version, but in my H D copy, there's dirt on the lens. Yeah. Several places. And then like oh. off to the side, there's a shot near the end where like there's specks of dust on Kelly McGillis's face. Yeah. Like you could see it clearly. Oh yeah. Uh, there's that, and then with the editing, I don't know if they were going for some symbolism there, but there's a shot where she's walking with her dad, her dad who's who's about to die, and they're walking along the beach, and there's like, swear to God, it feels like thirty second shot of like a pelican just flying over the water. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, all right, is this some symbolism? Maybe that'll come back. Uh huh. No, just it doesn't. cut back. To, I feel like they were trying to cover an edit. Yeah. in their performance. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What B roll you got there? Well, yeah, we got the, there was a the pelican. Seagull. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> How long does it run? 30 seconds? Put it in. Johnson filmed the bird flying for two, three minutes. (laughs) And then they go back to it again at the end. Oh, yeah. Any of the other movies that you rattled off on the list of movies that came out in 87, I would gladly take over this. Here's what I feel like movies need to do. They need to offer some escapism. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And this movie does that. Okay. They need to present new ideas. I'll go with you there. And this movie does that. Uh Oh, And, you know, give me some strong performances. I get a couple of strong performances Mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not the movie that I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. It's not the movie that I wanted it to be, but it still wasn't bad. I'm not disappointed watching this movie again like I was with Goldmember. <laughs> uh, but I, I I was really counting on it being as like powerful and touching as I remembered it being when I was 11 years yeah. old. Well, because we don't know what love is like. We don't know what a relationship with a member of the opposite sex is like. Yeah. So that all we know about love is, oh, you see somebody you like? Uh, you, you lay down with said person yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yes. Uh, which technically means you're married. You have in a heaven. special hug. You have a... <laughs> right. Well, they actually had a wedding in, in heaven. That's right. But yeah. then she like disappeared. Yeah, well, because she got born too early. You know what? But she didn't because... I... Do, do you remember like then... like Emmett shows up. He's like, sorry, Elmo. Yeah. Happens all the time. But then like they're hanging out outside the house that Elmo built and she's still there and she's like... I'm being born, aren't I? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. So why weren't they able to still get married? You know, Why did the wedding not take place? That's a good point. I don't know. Um, it didn't reach the, the sunset before they could have their Man, passionate kiss. Cinderella. I don't know. Um, you know, 
I was just <clears throat> harking on uh, the visual style, but I that there are those two moments that I did like where they have affixed the camera to a to a bench and are li- literally oh, like and the bench lifting is like it floating. Up. And the same thing when she's being born, she's mm-hmm. sitting on uh, maybe the same bench, but it's moving her, and you can see the background moving yeah. uh, against her. And that was all practically done. So, all right, somebody mm-hmm. had some vision there, and uh-huh. I, I appreciate that. But, man, does it not make up for the rest of the film for me. As someone who just three years ago <laughs> was in a delivery room and like was there with Sarah when she gave birth to Harper, when Elmo is given to his mom, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is so unrealistic. Like, she's just... Like, mom is just standing yes. in, like, a lobby of a hospital yes. where they hand her a baby, and she's like, oh, I love it. Elmo. Let's name him Elmo. Right. You ready to go, Elmo? And I'm like, no. no. You'd be wheeled out on a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. You'd probably still be hopped up on some painkillers. It's a very Dick Van Dyke <clears throat> show version of uh, of childbirth. Oh, yeah. In the way that, Mar- remember, they had they shared, like, separate beds, or had oh, separate yes. beds separate in the Dick beds. Van Dyke show. Or if you shared a bed, you had to have one leg out. Yeah, Yes. And everybody was always fully clothed in their pajamas. That's right. Mm -hmm. Pajamas. So, Joel, I uh, take it you would not recommend this movie. No. Well, the good news is you can't fucking find it anywhere. (laughs) It's impossible to find commentary on it. There's not a lot of reviews on it. Not a lot of people have seen it. Well, it got got a low Rotten Tomato score. What were the Rotten Tomatoes? It's like a 4.5. Uh, or uh, a forty-five, uh, a forty-five. That's uh, okay. What it is. Yeah. Okay, it was a forty. <laughs> because I would believe a four point five yeah, is, as a, well. is, is a forty-five. Percent. Yeah, not not special, not heavenly. <laughs> would you say? Uh, I would recommend this movie yeah, for right. the reasons that I stated earlier. I think that there's enough here at work that it could kind of jog the imagination a little bit. I think it's a it's decent enough escapism. It's not as good as you deserve, mm-hmm. but Ooh. it's it's not bad. This isn't a bad film. It's just slightly incompetent. Why did the Emmett character, did we ever address this, have to be a woman? Why was it Deborah Winger I th- in makeup? Well, one, because Timothy Hutton was married to Deborah Winger at the time. Ah, bingo. And uh, I I like the idea of like that this angel had like feminine yet also masculine features. I thought they were going for like a, an uh, androgynous uh-huh. version of, okay, well, there's an angel that is but not really get, male and get not David female. David Bowie. <laughs> have Ooh. David Bowie play fucking Hey, Emmett. there's a recast. No, because he's dead. I can't That's recast awesome. him. But I would, have, I, would have, I would have cast David Bowie as my Emmett. That's a good idea. Because he's far more androgynous yeah. than Deborah Winger yeah. in drag. Well, why like, she get to smoke in heaven, too? I don't know. Doesn't seem... I, you know what? There were a couple of woke. things that I enjoyed what she did. I like, the, I like that whole moment where she's like... Uh, where Emmett's like, you know, because of you, I've got to smoke down here. Yeah. Because Emmett's like... How'd you find me? How'd you find me? I followed the smoke. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that smokes in heaven. Mm-hmm. Damn, uh, I do like where uh, where where Mike is talking about. Like, I want to go back and see her, and he's like, "No," and the music starts to kind of play, and the ballerinas start dancing in. Right. And Emmett's like, "No, no, 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 wait, wait." Yeah, then and they he, all... like, tells him to fuck off for a little bit, <laughs> and, they all leave. and then like he continues the discussion. That's kind of funny. I kind of dug that. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. So, what did Made in Heaven do right? I I like the premise. I think there's promise. The prom- mm-hmm. the promise has promise. The premise has promise. The premise has promise. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's all I can give it, man. I, I agree with you that the premise has promise. I think that there's some interesting stuff going on there. I think some of the casting is really good. Yeah, the people that play the parents, I think, are really fantastic. That is the strong point. I I think Timothy Hutton's good. I think that he doesn't get enough to work with here. It's just not very likable. But I do think that I still prove my point. 
that Timothy Hutton and Kelly McGillis have more sexual chemistry than Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. Eh, maybe, I guess. <laughs> uh, I what? mean, you put two people naked <laughs> under sheets. Hey, dude, and, Tom uh, Cruise did it. They did uh, it in Top Gun. <laughs> that's a good point. And you don't buy it for a second. Uh, what did Maiden Heaven do wrong? Oh, just oh, boy. about everything do, else. <laughs> do we have enough what? time? <laughs> uh, it's just just a, a meandering story where nothing is of consequence, and we waste all of our time treading water, and then and then at the very end, it's like, oh yeah, I guess we have to finally get them together, and then roll credits. It's like, no. You but don't then even, they dance. You don't even get to enjoy it to that shitty fucking Neil. But Young they song. dance. Okay. So fine. that means the next song is going to be finally... that night we danced. <laughs> we never danced until then... that time we danced. <laughs> Remember that time we danced. But um, yeah, just uh, so unsatisfactory that mm-hmm. any we, we we see them part throughout the entire film and then never get that uh, that that moment of release. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that part happened yeah, in heaven. Part huh? happened in heaven. Yeah. So babies are made. Can you in have heaven? babies in heaven? That's what he asks in the movie. Oh, that's right. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, how? What is this? How does this? No. I don't like the way that heaven is is built. I don't like that there's a computer lab in heaven, because then that means that there has to be an OS. Like, who's developing that? Who's supporting that? Not Microsoft. No. They're in hell. (laughs) I guess since Steve Jobs is in heaven now. I don't know about that either. (laughs) Reading the stories about him. Oh, my God. Don't plan on meeting him there. Uh, If we were going to remake... Oh, wait. Oh, what I thought Made in Heaven did wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the execution of what you have. You have decent bones, but then you don't flesh out the movie enough. They spent more time in heaven setting up the premise than they needed to. Mm-hmm. This is a really easy premise. This is really simple. This is something that you could explain in f- 15 minutes. Right. Like you get the story set in 15 minutes, and then the rest of the movie is him it, back on Earth trying to find Annie. Like That's really fucking easy to do, and somehow... It got fucked up on the way, mm-hmm. and so I would just—I would put this. I mean, ultimately, Alan Rudolph, the director, kind of fucked up, man. <laughs> has he done anything else? I don't think he. I don't think he has. I think he's done a lot of like TV movies and yeah. stuff like that. But doesn't seem like he found his calling. <clears throat> no, I don't think film. so. I don't right. think so. Uh, if we were going to remake Made in Heaven today, <laughs> I have my eleven recast. Why don't you blow through? Because I just did three. Okay. <laughs> What are the three that you did? I did Emmett and uh, Timothy Hunt and Kelly McGillis. Okay, so I will save those the for last. only characters that matter. Uh, Donald Sumner, the sledgehammer guy. Yeah. The naked guy that I she meets in the shower. Be really weird. Your sledgehammer. He was charismatic. Yeah. I don't know why Who he... Who calls Soundwave uncharismatic? <laughs> why, did you, why didn't she just end up with him? <coughs> well, you said charismatic, and I'll tell you about another charismatic actor, mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, Ooh. playing that role. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh... Stanky, Stanky, the, the Tom, Tom Petty, Petty character, could be played by Donald Glover in my version. <laughs> okay, uh, Lucille, that oh, would yeah. be the Ellen Barkin. That's right. Uh, played by Elizabeth Banks. Oh, that's perfect. Uh huh. Yeah. Guy Blanchard slash Brian Dutton, the the black guy, the computer lab guy, that's and then right. the, the record label in dude. Mm-hmm. That's going to be played by Lin Manuel Miranda. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Donnelly, the Tim Daly character. Yeah. Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, he's you got see that See a look. little bit of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Shea and Annette Shea, Mike's parents. The parents. Mm-hmm. Going to be played by Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, Aunt Lisa. Yeah. Played by Melissa McCarthy. Ooh. And now I think that leaves my the, the main three. There we go. Well, my Emmett's um, going out on a limb here. Actually, I've got a couple here. Uh, I, I have three. Jenna came up with uh, Kate McKinnon. 
from SNL. That's pretty good. Which I was like, really? She's never done drama. But um, I could see her doing that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe she even has the makeup on. She's playing a little androgynous. Also, uh, runner-up, how about Helen Hunt? That'd be pretty good. see Helen Hunt doing that, too. Yeah. A little more serious of an actress. All right. So my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Originally, I thought maybe Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. because she played Bob Dylan in that one movie. Yes, she did. Uh, then I thought, you know what? Someone who's got like, a sultry voice would probably still work. Mm-hmm. How about a Scarlett Johansson? Oh. Then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Zoe Deschanel. Oh, okay. For this. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So next we have our Annie. Yep, Kelly. Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. I went with uh, if you're a fan of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, Lauren Cohen. Who plays? Oh, yeah. um, uh, her name is escaping me. Glenn's wife. Oh yeah. Uh, Fuck. Margaret. Ma- not Maggie. No, Maggie. 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 Yeah. Well, now, of course, Maggie's farm. Yeah. yeah. She kind of looks like. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, contemporary a young Kelly, Kelly McGillis. McGillis. There you go. I went with Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. course. Uh, and that leaves our Mike Shea, Elmo Barnett. Oh, did you do uh, played by Paul Rudd? Did you do a little? Oh, I thought you were going to do like a Notebook. No, man. Reenact. I love Paul Rudd. Paul I will Rudd recast is him in everything. See, there's somebody with some charisma <laughs> yes, who can sir. make this character likable, and you actually care about his journey. Uh-huh. Uh, I went with Taron Egerton from uh, Kingsman. Fucking a. I like that guy. He's really good. See the two of them together. Mine uh, directed by Love Actually is Richard Curtis. Oh, nice. There you go. Somebody mm. who can uh... who understands the language of love. Yes, he does. Yes, I don't have a. Director. Uh, all right, guys. If you got thoughts so of angry made at this in film, he- wow, I was just like fuck this. Film, if you man. have thoughts about Made in Heaven, if you happen to see it, uh, if you want to <laughs> defend it, if you want to come down on it, Ugh. if you've got stuff that we didn't talk about that you want to mention, man. go ahead and talk to us at facebook.com/slash/editingbay or in the search function on ed- uh, facebook.com. There you go. Just put in the editing bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. So you could talk back to us, let us know what you think, and give us ideas for movies that we could watch in the future. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. You could go there. If you just punch in editingbay.com into your little web browser there, you're going to see us. You're going to see links to all of our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, and also uh, our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. Please, the editing bay. <laughs> Please follow us there. I'm uh, so glad when I'm not the only one that starts tripping on my words when we do this. It's a late night one. Uh, it's only what have... we say every episode. You'd think we'd fucking have it down. I try to mix it up a little bit, and that, Joe, is where I get in trouble. Oh. I should just do your uh, tried and true, just yeah, memorize it, and then just roll off the tongue. But no, editing bay. Don't ever do the variety pack. <laughs> just do the same one every day. Also, uh, if you want to hear past episodes, we have a little uh, episode section there where you can hear all 260. Joe, this is our 260th episode. Uh, but uh, if you're subscribing on the RSS feed, you're only going to get the most recent 100 episodes. So you're missing mm-hmm. out on uh, over 160 other episodes there. So check that out. All that and more on EditingBay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate five-star rating. Any new ratings this uh, uh You know what? I didn't reviews? check. I haven't checked. No. But, uh, but please, <laughs> make your review the next one that we read here on the show. We'll read it. Just make sure it's a five-star, uh, five-star rating. Okay, so... Next week. Here we, we go. Next week. Well, um, I I really feel like I need a palate cleanser. But uh, also, bittersweet, the film we're going to be doing next. Because uh, we lost a great actor this past week, Joe. Uh, Albert Finney died. Uh, although he lived a long life, I think. He was in his, uh, what was he, 70? 76, maybe? I was drying out. <laughs> That's right. You know him uh, maybe from Born Identity. Annie. Known from Annie as Daddy Warbucks. Network. Known from Network. We're Oscar yeah. winner for, uh, ne- No. No, that's not him in Network. I thought he... No, because that actor actually died 
and they had to give him the award posthumously. The I'm mad as hell, yeah, and, and I'm not going to take it anymore. anymore. That but wasn't Albert Finney? I do not believe that I thought was that was Albert, Albert Finney. Finney. Let's look it up right now. He was also in Skyfall. Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot about Plays that Plays the role. fucking groundskeeper. Network. That was Peter Finch. Uh, Let's go to the movies, Annie. Oh, Aaron Brockovich? Of course, he was. Uh, I think he won an award for that. Together one. again, Murder on the Orient Express, the uh, original one. Oh, but, not uh, the the new one. No. And then uh, the film that we're going to be talking about next week, Joe, which uh, you and I have both talked about on this uh, podcast before. I think we both love it, but I think there's enough to uh, discuss. Maybe it's not a perfect film, sure, as Tim Burton is wont to do. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's appropriate because it's about uh, he coming to the end of his life mm-hmm. and looking back on uh, on what was. And the film is Big Fish. Tim the Burton's story Big Fish. of my life. That's right. I fucking love that movie. It's got Owen McGregor. I'm, looking, I'm so looking forward. Helena to Helena Bonham Carter, of course, because Alison Tim Burton Lohman. Film. Yeah, that's right. From Drag Me to Hell. It's, that's it. That's about <laughs> it. That's pretty much it. I uh, know. I'm looking forward to that, man. Me too. That's, that's going to be. I've fun only to seen it once. I remember, remember liking it, uh, but we'll see how it holds up. Yeah, sure. And we'll. Uh, Praise the the past and the memory of uh, Albert Finney. Yes, sir. There you go. Uh, guys, before we go, I want to give a plug to our friends over at the Craniacs Podcast. Yeah. Kind of mentioned them earlier in the episode. Uh, Ryan and Laurel breaking down the episodes of Frasier uh, every week, talking about two episodes. Uh, I think they're well into season two now. Uh, but you know what? I don't watch Frasier. I've never seen Frasier. Really? Thanks to Ryan and Laurel. I never have to watch it. (laughs) They break down the episodes. I get the basic gist. They're charming. They're fun to listen to. Yes, they are. Uh, Sometimes it reminds me of us, like where one of them is like borderline autistic, like I am, (laughs) where we take things. That could have been Sometimes I take things a little too literally. Uh, So it's fun. It's fun to hear that that chemistry Mm -hmm. with somebody else. Dynamic. No, but seriously, it's a fun show. They're 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 really good at what they're doing, and you should be listening to them. Um, That's basically it. So. Big Fish next week. Looking forward to that. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Except for when you uh, bash the fucking movies that I love. Pick better movies. God damn. (laughs) Guys, we'll see you next week. Happy Valentine's Day. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.